0: Welcome to the podcast for Real Church Coweta. We meet every Sunday at 10 a.m. at the Worship Center on the campus of Central Christian School in Sharpsburg. You can also check us out online at realchurchcoweta.com or jump on Facebook at Real Church Coweta. We hope you enjoy this week's message. All right, you guys can be seated. Thank you guys so much for being here today. I would be remiss if I didn't point out. uh, I'm so thankful Dan is back uh, fully with us. Aren't you guys? Didn't it feel great to hear him up there jamming? Yeah, Dan said he's 85%. So there you go. That's better than zero percent. All right, that's good stuff. That's right. And the other thing is, is um, Alex, you're 13, right? Uh, can anyone else? Can anybody, I, I couldn't. Can any other adult uh, here uh, at 13 years old lead a song? Starting out. Did you guys catch that? He actually led one of the songs. Good job, brother. Yeah, y'all can give him a hand too. He likes it. Go ahead, dude. Um, you're only allowed two apple juices per Lynn. All right, So anyway, <laughs> I love you, buddy. Hey, listen, I want to talk to you guys briefly uh, today. We're going to be in John chapter 13 verses 1 through 20. John chapter 13 verses 1 through 20. And I'll, today's message is really uh, it's really easy because uh, sometimes I have to go a little deeper into the text to see exactly what the real meaning behind the text is. Today's not one of those days. Today's message is pretty straightforward. It also is pretty, um, it's, it, it's, it's pretty evident exactly what, what Jesus is trying to teach his disciples today. Don't forget that, that the book is, is separated, the book of John is separated into two different categories. The first one in all the book of signs, chapters 1 through 12, and now chapters 13 through 21 is the book of glory. And here's the crazy part about the book of glory. We're going to cover, we're going to cover, I I think I've I've done some math. I think it's five total days. Maybe it's four total days. If you include some of what we talked about last week. So chapters 13 through 21 is like a total of five or six days total in Jesus's life. It's it's amazing. It's the end of his life. Uh, We know that today's message actually comes on the night before He was arrested, and so uh, we see that, and we'll see that next week as well. The reason for writing the book, though, that's always important. Why in the world did John write the book? Well, here it is. We have that up here. Here's what it says. It says, but these are written, that means those words that he wrote are written, so that you may know, uh, so that you may continue to believe, there it is, that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing in him, You will have life by the power of his name. Now, I told you last week, and we did a little recap, and I want to do a a, a brief recap. Jesus has left uh, Jericho. He has gone to Bethany, and he has gone in. He's ridden on a donkey. They thought it was going to be some powerful king riding on a stallion. No, it was a donkey. That was the prophecy fulfilled. And then we go in and we start seeing Jesus' actual words. We start hearing him. And John wants to make sure that there is the depth. And here's the amazing thing. If you have a red letter Bible, I do. uh, The words of Jesus are in red. If you have one, if you actually start flipping over to chapter 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, you know what you're going to see? All red. It's mostly all red. And so I say that to say, for the next couple of weeks in the next couple of months y'all we're going to be getting red meat are you with me this is going to be like this is going to be the good stuff this is this is the steak all right it's all jesus's words and it's important things and so today is the start of an important lesson that he wants his disciples to learn and the reason he wants his disciples to learn this lesson is because he knows what they are going to be going through as well are you with me He knows exactly what they are going to be going through. He knows what what that's going to look like. And so let's go ahead and look at John chapter 13, starting in verse 1. It says, Before the Passover celebration, Jesus knew that his hour had come to leave this world and return to his father. He had loved his disciples during his ministry on earth, and now he he loved them to the very end. It was time for supper, and the devil had already prompted Judas, son of Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. Jesus knew that the Father had given him authority over everything. Now, I want you to hear that. It says Jesus knew, he knew that the Father had given him authority. That's going to be key in the first thing we talk about. And, he had, uh, and, and that he had come from God and would return to God. So he got up from the table, took off his robe, wrapped the towel around his waist, and poured water into the basin. Then he began to wash the disciples' feet, drying them with the towel around him. When Jesus came to Simon Peter, Peter said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? And Jesus replied, You don't understand now what I am doing, but someday you will. No, Peter protested, you will never, ever wash my feet. And Jesus replied, "Unless I wash you, you won't belong to me." And Simon Peter exclaimed, "Then wash my hands and head as well." In other texts it says he says, "Well, Lord, if you're going to wash my feet, then wash my whole body." And Jesus replied, "A person who is bathed all over does not need to wash except for the feet to be entirely clean, and you disciples are clean, but not all of you," for Jesus knew who would betray him. That is what he meant when he said, not all of you are clean. And after washing their feet, he put on his robe again and sat down and asked, do you understand what I was doing? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right because that's what I am. And since I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, here you go, here's the lesson. You ought to wash each other's feet. I have given you an example to follow. Do as I have done to you. I tell you the truth. Slaves are not greater than their master, nor is the messenger more important than the one who sends the message. Now that you know these things, God will bless you for doing them. I'm not saying these things to all of you. I know the ones I have chosen. But this fulfills the scripture that says, the one who eats my food has turned against me. I tell you this beforehand so that when it happens, you will believe that I am the Messiah. I tell you the truth, anyone who welcomes my messenger is welcoming me. And anyone who welcomes me is welcoming the Father who sent me. This is traditionally when, in Baptist circles, when you come to this verse, the pastor usually washes somebody's feet. Herb, come on up, man. I'm going to wash your feet. You You don't want me to wash your feet? Okay, I won't wash your feet. I didn't want to wash your feet anyway, dude. Anyway, listen. So listen, what's going on here? Well, we always ask the question, what's to say about God? What's to say about me and what am I going to do about it? What I want to get you to understand first before we go into the actual portion of, of the teaching is this. The feet were the most disgusting part of their bodies back then. Some of you would say, just like now. The feet are the most disgusting part. Wendy says, I have ugly feet. I, I don't think I have ugly feet. Like I I, like literally think I don't have ugly feet. But my buddy CJ said, if your feet look like you can fly over a lake and pick up a fish, you have ugly feet. That's what he said. And he says, yours do. So I don't think I have ugly feet though. I really don't. So but listen, the foot was the most disgusting part. Why is that? Because they would bathe, they would, they would wear the clothing, but the feet was always on those dirt roads constantly. And so what they would do is, is they would come together, and before they would eat a meal, they would, they would purify themselves by washing their feet, and then they would, they, would, they would wash their hands. Now, I will say this. Sometimes, and if I'm wearing flip-flops all day, and I get home, and I'm like, I don't really want to take a shower, but I'll take my feet and put them in a tub. It just feels kind of good, doesn't it? Y'all with me? Is anybody, am I the only one that does that? Anybody else do that? All three of us. All right. Everybody else is a bunch of liars. Because we all do that. You put your feet in the tub, it feels good, right? It does. You dry them off. and You're like, man, that feels really great. Oh, here we go. See, I, here's, what, here's the thing is. See, here's, uh, l- Listen, I asked him to wash his feet, and now he ain't going to shut up during the whole sermon. That's, that's how it goes. That's uh, how it goes. Um, Herb, you said it feels better in the creek? All right. By the way, just a quick side note story about him. This is the funniest thing I've ever heard. He had a class in high school. Think about this. You're talking about old. Like he owes Moses a quarter. Listen, I want you to hear this. He had a class in high school. This is amazing. I've always thought about you. Where he had to go to the gym and show that he could make a telephone call. Because they just had telephones in your area, right? All right, back to the story. So listen, so, so they would not want to touch each other's feet because it was disgusting. And remember, Remember, the Jewish people were very, very cognizant of cleanliness and unclean. And so they didn't want to do that. And so when everybody sits down for the meal, here's what Jesus does. Jesus makes a choice he makes a choice. Think about this, and I told you this when I was reading it. This is amazing. Verse 3, Jesus knew that the Father had given him authority over everything. And he knew that he had come from the Father. So Jesus knew that the Father had given him authority. Think about that for a second. He knew that he was given authority. And then it goes right in and says, So, he got up, and he went over and washed their feet. He wrapped a towel around him, and he started washing their feet. Can I tell you something? That doesn't compute with us today. That's opposite world for us today. Because everyone that we know that's in authority, if people know that they're in authority, do you know how we treat people that are in authority? Do you know how we treat people who are presidents and who are, who are elected officials and who are presidents of a company? Do you know how they're treated? They're treated with private jets. They're, they're treated with lavish lifestyles. They're treated with home. And here's the thing that's most amazing. You never really get to interact with them if you work for the company. That's how they're treated. They're seen as with this respect. And yet Jesus, knowing that, who he was, and knowing the authority that he had, did the opposite of what you would expect him to do. He gets up, he humbles himself, and he goes over and washes their feet. People in authority don't serve others. They get served. They call the shots. They have it their way. They're the ones that are taken care of. But Jesus said, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to set aside my title. I'm going to set aside my title and I'm going to be an example. I'm going to be an example for other people. I'm going to humble myself and I'm going to go do the nastiest job known in this time frame. I'm going to take a towel and take a water basin and I'm going to start washing their feet he is giving an example of the humble servant the humble savior heard a story one time about a C, a CEO he is the owner of the company started from the ground up and he came in one day and he saw some dirt and stuff on the floor and instead of calling over The cleaning team that he had, instead of calling, telling the person at the front desk, hey, we need to get up that trash, he simply went over to a closet, opened up the closet, took a broom, and he starts sweeping the floor. And so he swept the floor and put it away as other people watched. And some people came up to him and some people were like, hey, listen, don't, don't, I'll get that, sir, I'll get that. said, no, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm fine. See, some people were just like, Peter, no, 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 you're not going to do that. You're not going to, no, if I don't do this, you have no place with me. And so Jesus humbled himself. And by the way, as a side note, and this is a free little point that you can have, you have to humble yourself in order to be served as well. That's hard. You have to humble yourself to be served. It's a dual humbleness coming together. One of the things, and let me, let me say something. This is definitely not to the level of Jesus, but it is an example. One of the things that I love about Jesus' chicken and Chick-fil-A is this. I love it. And um, I see them up here at this one and the one on Popular. Not that I always visit all of them, but I do because I go around to the different ones because I don't want anybody to think that I eat chicken all the time because I do. Anyway, so I have to bounce around to the different ones. Uh, as not say, hey, you're back for the second time today. Hey, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. Um, but listen, one of the things I love is, I love when I see this, I'll be in the drive-thru, and it's 9,000 degrees, and I'll see the owner-operator out there taking out orders, or sweeping up the parking lot, or wiping down tables. You know what that is? That is a servant leader. That is a humble servant Leader. Jesus is showing them an example, and He's providing an example for them to follow. He's saying something completely backwards than what they would understand. There is an incredible verse of Scriptures that, if you haven't memorized it, you should. It's Philippians chapter 2 verses 1 through 11. And I want to read it to you right now. It's Philippians. You can turn over to it with me. Philippians chapter 2 verses 1 through 11. It says this. It says if there any is there any encouragement from belonging to Christ, is there any comfort from His love? Any fellowship together in the Spirit? Are your hearts tender and compassionate? So he's asking the question, Paul's saying, Do you, have you experienced, God, is, is there these things present? And here it is. If that's the case, then make me truly happy by agreeing wholeheartedly with each other. Loving one another and working together with one mind and one purpose. Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble thinking, here it is, thinking of others as better than yourself. Don't look out only for your own interest, but take interest in others Two. And here, here's the incredible part of this text. You must have the same attitude as Christ Jesus did. Though he was God, though he knew, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. I, I want you to catch that. He did not think that even though He was God and even though He was equal, He did not think that was something that He needed to cling to. He didn't want to bring that out. He didn't want to tell people, hey, don't you know who I am? Don't you understand who I am? Instead, He gave up His divine privileges. He took the position of a of a slave and was born as a human being when he appeared in human form he humbled himself in obedience to god and died a criminal's death on the cross therefore because he did this god elevated him to the place of highest honor and gave him the name above all other names that at, at the name of jesus Every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. That is your humble servant. By washing feet, Jesus gave us an example to follow. The problem is, is that we still are in a battle and we will be until we are fully perfect in heaven. We are in a battle between the physical and the spiritual. Because you see, the physical says look out for yourself. but The, 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 the physical says look out for yourself, but the spiritual, the spiritual says love others above yourself. The, the physical says you have to protect yourself. The spiritual says, God is our protector. The physical says, we have to do it on our own. And the spiritual says, you can't do it on your own. That's why you need Christ. The physical says, no one will help me. And the spiritual says, God is your help in time of need. The physical says, do everything you can do to get on top. But the spiritual says, be humble Put others before yourself and serve other people. The physical says the first is first, but the spiritual says the last shall be first. And the physical says, you know, nothing will ever change in this life, but the spiritual says with God, all things are possible. Jesus set an example for us to follow. Follow the example That Jesus has set forth. Humble yourself and take on the role of a servant. The final thing I'll tell you is this, and it's already up there. Because because Jesus, because he made a choice and because he provided the example, I want to tell you follow the example follow the example. No, really, follow the example. No, don't just say it, do it. Follow the example. The reason a lot of people don't follow the example is simply this, and it is probably the largest stumbling block of anything in your walk, and it's pride. The Bible is full of verses about the dangers of pride. James 4, 6 says this, it says, And he gives grace generously, as the Scripture says, God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. What does that grace mean? Here's what it means. It means that you are walking your walk. You mess up. You mess up. Are you with me? you're walking your walk, you're in the process of sanctification, you're not perfect, but you're doing better than you were yesterday, and you trip and you fall in your faith and you make a mistake, there's two choices. You can be prideful and deny your mistake. You can be prideful or you can be humble. And the Scripture says, God gives grace not to the prideful, He gives grace to the humble. So, there's more grace to be given, and more grace to be given, and more grace to be given, but the caveat is, is that you would do as Jesus did, and humble yourself. Jeremiah 9, 23 and 24 says, This is what the Lord says, Don't let the wise boast in their wisdom, or the powerful boast in their power, or the rich boast in their riches. And then it goes on to say, but those who wish to boast should boast in this alone that they truly know me and understand I am the Lord who demonstrates unfailing love and who brings justice and righteousness to the earth. James 4:10 says this. James 4:10, humble yourself, I love this. Humble yourself before the Lord, and others will lift you up. No. And you can lift yourself up? No. And he will lift you up. And he's not going to lift you up in shame. He's not going to lift you up. He's not going to lift you up and say, man, you shouldn't have done that. He's not going to lift you up and say, go on over there, you sorry piece of poo. He's not going to do that. He's not going to lift you up and say, here, you you take this guilt and you walk with it. He's going to lift you up in honor, he lifts you up in honor. But what's the caveat? Well, it's the first two words. Humble yourselves. Humble yourselves. Proverbs eleven two 2 says this. It says, pride leads to disgrace, but with humility comes wisdom. Do you want to know why, with the exception of Herb, most old people are wise? I love you, buddy. Do you want to know why Herb and all the other old people are wise? Because they've gotten to the point where pride is no longer there. Say it again louder, Herb. There you go. They're like, hey, I have nothing to prove. Nothing. There's no pride in me. And so what occurs is, is when pride is not there, humility enters in the picture. And when humility enters in, Proverbs says that that's where wisdom is to come. If I were going to tell you anything today, it would be this. God is shouting to us, put others first. If I was going to tell you anything, it would be this. Whenever He was asked what the greatest commandments was, here's what He said. Love God, and the second one is like it, love others. And if you never hear another sermon and all you do, if all of a sudden all the bibles are gone and everything is eradicated from your life and you're on a desert island with a bunch of people and and you guys are all there and you're like, "Man, I never can read the scriptures again." If all you remember is love God and love others, that is the fulfillment of the full law and of the scriptures. That's it humble yourself god then others and then you you see i love those videos that says i am second i love those videos have you seen those the i am second videos where they come and they do a testimony and they're like hey i want you to know i'm second god's first but here's the thing they got it wrong It should really be called, I'm third. I'm third is what it should be. It's not I'm second. And I love the videos and the heart behind it is awesome, but it's not I'm second, it's I'm third. I'm third, not second. And definitely not first. My prayer for you today is that you would experience the change that comes from humbling yourself. As Christ did, when he knelt down He took the water basin, he wrapped a towel around his waist, and he knelt down, and he washed the disciples' feet. May this week, not literally, by the way, I don't want you to get arrested in Kroger for trying to wash the lady's feet that's checking you out, all right? But may you wash feet all week spiritually. Let me pray for you. God, thank You for today. Thank You, Lord, for who You are. Thank You for the fact that You give us an example and You humble Yourself when You did not have to. God, You didn't have to humble Yourself, but You did. You did it because You wanted to see the fulfillment of salvation here on earth. God, You did it as an example to us. Even to the point where You say, If you won't allow me to humble myself, you can't be a part of me. Lord, let us be people that follow your example. Let us be people that when it comes down to it, that others come first. Let us be people that literally wash feet all week long in a spiritual way. Lord, everyone here is flawed. Lord, everyone here suffers from that sin that so easily entangles and ensnares us. But God, let us, like Paul said later on in Philippians, let us run the race. Let us run the race. That's my prayer for the church today that we would humble ourselves that we would not consider equality with you something to be grasped but that we would humble ourselves and come under your authority and allow you to use us. Lord it's in the strong and mighty name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Let's stand up for a final worship song this morning. Thank you for listening to the podcast for Real Church Coweta. If you have any questions or would like to contact us please visit our website at realchurchcoweta.com and click on the contact us tab. We invite you to join us every Sunday at 10 a.m. in the Worship Center on the campus of Central Christian School in Sharpsburg. Until then, God bless and remember to love God, love others, and live real.